Good evening, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politics on the Fight Live Feast Network. That was the longest open I've you know, ever heard a, you do. I, I missed my beat, so I was like, well, I'll, ca- I'll catch the next beat. Oh, my. Pastor Toby, <laughs> Chalk Knox, I'm the water boy. It's good to be with you this evening. Hey, this segment's brought to you by our conference, Lies, Propaganda, Storytelling, and the Serrated Edge this year. That's our real. national conference is in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm. October 6th through the 8th. The theme is Lies, Propaganda, Storytelling, and the Serrated Edge. Satan is the father of lies, and the mother of those lies is a government that has rejected God. Mm. We have especially been lied to these last two years, and the COVID panic <laughs> has been one of the central mechanisms our government has used to lie to us and grab more power. Facts. Because Christians have not been reading their Bibles, we are susceptible to lies and weak in our ability to fight those lies. But God has given us his word to fight Satan and his lies, and we need to recover all of I'm God's God word. Right there. <laughs> Thank you. It's Serrated Edge and all. Mark your calendars for October 6th through the 8th as we fight laugh and feast with fellowship beer and psalms thursday night our amazing lineup of speakers hanging with our awesome vendors meeting new friends you know we i we forgot to mention we always close the conference with a sabbath dinner saturday night that's right we have we have uh, like food trucks yep it's a family Mm -hmm. style Mm -hmm. uh sabbath dinner uh maybe pull out some of that beer that we didn't finish for beer and psalms Mm -hmm. and sing some more psalms do we have a comedian this year yeah yeah if you guys approve what i always want to do okay (laughs) do we ever approve Approve. what he wants to do (laughs) i just do it anyways i just do it early bird tickets are still available to the end of the month and then prices go up also don't forget if you're a club member you get a hundred dollars off so join the Mm. club sign up now at flfnetwork.com we are grateful to have with us this evening mr zuby zuby mr is it really mr doctor sorry doctor Dr. Reverend. Is it really doctor? I don't know. <laughs> he graduated from Oxford, you guys. He's so like, he's automatic like, doctor automatic, degree. Automatic, <laughs> yeah. British rapper, author, podcaster, public speaker, coach, raised in Saudi Arabia, graduate of wow. Oxford University, mm-hmm. and the British women's deadlift record holder. I don't understand that one. Uh, and he's also been <laughs> can- canceled by Twitter. <laughs> Zubi, thank you for oh. coming on Cross Politics. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you guys doing? Hey, we're, we're doing great. So um, first off, we really just wanted to understand like you got a crazy busy schedule mm, how do you true. balance your strenuous schedule of you know rapping and dropping new albums and public speaking and all children's stuff. books you know yeah, yeah, children's yeah, books yeah. together with holding that british women's deadlift record <laughs> yeah well first of all i'd say holding the british women's deadlift record is is pretty pretty easy it doesn't take a lot of doesn't take so much upkeep on that one. <laughs> so that one's just, uh, you know, that one's there. It's still, you know, as you can search UK women's deadlift record on Google and my name is still the first thing that comes up. So That's that one's funny. staying in check. That's but funny. in terms of, <laughs> but in terms of managing everything that I do, man, um, I think first of all, it starts with the fact that I've, I've had a lot of practice with it. Um, I put out my first album independently when I was still in university back in 2006. I've been a full-time musician and creator since 2011. And so I've had a lot of time to learn how to juggle a lot of different things and different tasks. So I wrote my first book in 2019 and released that. I started my podcast in 2019. It's also when things really started to blow up on a lot of different fronts for me. And I just focus on the task at hand. That's really what I do. I I don't plan. I don't plan too far ahead in a lot of detail. I just prioritize my time, focus and energy on whatever the upcoming task at hand is. Um, I'm going to be heading to New York tomorrow because I have an event in New York city on Saturday. 
And then after that, I've got about a, a week and a half to focus on some other projects during which time I'm going to release my first children's book, The Candy Calamity. Mm-hmm. And then I've got another set of events going on, live events. So I'm going to be focused on those in the time being. I've got live events in Las Vegas, in Georgia, in DC, in Orlando, all over the USA. So I'm not really thinking too much about those right now because that's not the task at hand. I'm focused on, okay, next up, I need to get to New York City. I need to do this event in New York and make sure that all goes well. And then I can turn my attention towards the next thing. So that's really how I operate. So the children's book is called The Candy Calamity? Yeah, that's so, uh, sounds like a groomer uh, book. Man. Oh, that's it back there, that's it right there. That's oh, it right there. there it yeah. So, okay, first you got to tell me what the book about, and why in the world are you writing a kids' book? It's about health and fitness and the importance of taking care of your body and having self control. So, it's a story about a group of. Uh, I, I won't give up, give up too much away, but uh, a, a group of animals, and they get they get st- stuck in the desert, and someone comes and robs the supplies of um, a small village that they're staying at. And then they're, they're too out of shape to, to fight them off and to chase them. Oh, wow. And so they, they go back and they, they train, you know, there's the rock, they have, they have their Rocky montage yes. they, yeah. they go back and, and they train and they get in shape and they learn the lessons of taking care of nutrition and exercising and making sure you're eating, but not eating too much. And then, uh, you know, the, the bad guys come back and try to try to steal from the village again. And they manage to, to whoop them. That sounds like so a good book a- that could replace some of our library books here in the U.S. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's a fun book, and though the whole thing rhymes as well, so uh, you oh, know, as nice. a rapper, I had to make sure it all rhymes. Right? So of course, it's fun, and you know, I don't think there are that many children's books about like health and fitness and why it's important to exercise and why it's important to take care of your body and stuff like that. So I wanted to. You know, I previously wrote a book for grownups called Strong Advice, which was all about mindset, health and nutrition and training and so on. And so this one is a, a similar topic, but aimed at aimed at a totally different level. This one, this one's a story. It's not a it's not a technical book on how to structure your diet and stuff like that. This might, <laughs> this might be connected a little bit with both, you know, talking about your time management and scheduling and then also just, you know, mindset and, and women's weightlifting records. No, it has nothing oh, to do okay. with that. Okay. All right. All right. But besides making your bed every morning, what do you mean when you said in one of your songs that you are the Jordan Peterson of rap? <laughs> <laughs> what I meant is that um a lot of people these days, which uh, is interesting, you know, I mean, I started out as just being a really just being a rapper, you know, just being a, being a musician, being very much focused on rap and hip hop. And as time has gone on, you know, I'm always kind of wary of labeling myself beyond anything, which is just what, what I do. But a lot of people see me as a sort of modern day philosopher type of person. So obviously that's also how a lot of people look at someone like Jordan Peterson, even though, you know, he's, he's not technically a philosopher, he's a clinical psychologist and a university professor. But I think if you were to think of people who could be considered modern day philosophers, I think he'd probably be up there on a lot of people's lists. And I'm someone who rightly or wrongly has become known to some degree just for my, my thoughts and my ideas. And a lot of people all around the world are just interested in, my perspective on a range of different topics and the, the way that I am able to phrase things or the way that I view the world and so on. So it was a, it was all a play on that. You know, it was right. obviously he's got a, a book called uh, maps of meaning. He's got another book called 12 rules for life. 
And, you know, he talks about keeping your, your room clean. So that whole set of lyrics was a play on maps of meaning, 12 rules for life, keeping the room clean. And then I said, you know, end it with the, I'm the Jordan Peterson of rap line. Yeah. So it's interesting that that, that, that particular lyric stuck in a lot of people's heads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, could you talk a little bit? Cause it's kind of, it's kind of funny how you got canceled on Twitter, but it, the fact that you got canceled on Twitter and you said you, you know, you are, you're communicating, you're philosophizing, but mm. you're limit, you're getting limited on what you can say and how much you can engage. Man, I mean, I hit 825,000 followers today. Woo. So I, I don't think I'm canceled by Twitter. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't go that far. Okay. Um, I, ha- I had one temporary suspension. They gave you a spanking. Back in 2020. I got dinged by them in 2020 for yeah. saying, for saying, okay, dude, in response to somebody. Yeah. Um, and they decided that that violated their hateful conduct policy. So of all the 100,000 plus tweets I've put out there, of all the controversial and you know potentially polarizing issues I've discussed, the one that crossed their line was a two-word tweet saying, okay, dude. So that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, even with the COVID stuff going down, okay, dude gets you like a flag. It's like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> them, them pronouns matter, fam. You better get them pronouns right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was funny, man. But I, I turned it into a song and a music video yeah, yeah. and a whole yeah. merchandise line. You, so. got, you got hats and everything yeah, with yeah, okay, yeah. dude. You didn't know it was yeah. going to make you that much money. You're like, nah. duh, God, if I'd have known that. <laughs> I should send. I should send a card to the person who reported. Yeah. It. <laughs> For real. And a hat. Yeah, yeah. Does that does that say something though? I mean, I like. I. I mean, I really do think that's fascinating that you have this. You know, the silly thing you get dinged, and then you turn it. I mean, you mm. turn it and you, and you know, profit. Yeah. And there's you know, like turn a profit on this mo- moment. Um, and I guess you know, there's so many. Maybe particularly, I mean, there's there's a sort of victim culture on the left. And, um, you know, because of whatever, I was abused, uh, my race, whatever. Um, but I think conservatives can have a victim, you know, mentality too. The left's taken over. They're winning. We got canceled all the time. Poor can, us. And poor us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you say to conservatives who feel like, you know, I keep getting dinged. I keep getting canceled. Um, what do you say to them maybe to get them to get out of the funk of thinking of themselves as victims? I think the first thing to realize is to recognize yeah okay there is an issue with censorship and deplatforming and certain rules and policies not being totally transparent or not being applied equally i think we can all recognize that there is a there is a bias there i'll be totally honest though i think that most people worry about it way more than they need to. I, I don't think the, the the average person needs to worry about being censored or being deplatformed and and so on and so forth. It's not. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not. You know, some people make it sound like, oh my gosh, if you're a conservative, you're you're not even allowed to like use Twitter or use YouTube or <laughs> you can't do anything. You'll get canceled. It's like no, because what that does is it causes people to self censor themselves far beyond what is remotely necessary and you don't need to go that far. I'm, I'm generally not a fan of living your life in fear. Right. right. Sure. And I think that when you, I think that when you live your life in fear, regardless of what that is, it, 
it, it causes you to often behave like a coward, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> because so you're true. so, right? It causes you to behave like a coward. And that is why people are, you know, won't, why won't people say the truth on certain issues? Why are people so afraid to proclaim their beliefs about certain things? Why are people afraid to state objective reality in times? It's because they're living in this climate of fear. Mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the past two and a half years, you know, millions of people, hundreds yeah. of millions, maybe yeah. billions of people around the world, you know, literally afraid to go outside, right. afraid to show their face in public, afraid to see another human face in public, afraid to send their kids to school, afraid to do this. Afraid. And I don't think that's the way to live. You yeah. know, it's, um, it's, 100%. it's very limiting yep. and, you, you can't be so afraid of death and so afraid of criticism and so afraid of the Twitter mob and so afraid of deplatforming that it causes you to just sit there and, you know, you, you stop living your life because you're so concerned of what somebody else might, right? Not even definitely what somebody else may potentially think about it. And, you know, we, yeah. we live in a society and we, we don't want to go out there and unnecessarily be abrasive or seek conflict and so on and so forth. And I, I don't advocate that. But at the same time, if you have, you know, we're supposed to live in a free, we're supposed to live in free societies, right? You guys are supposed to be in the country in the entire world. So if people in the, to say, oh, you know what? I believe in God, or, you know what? I, I, I voted Republican or, right. you know what? I think there's only two genders. Do you know what? Like, I don't think women yeah. can have penises and I don't think men yeah. give birth. Yeah. Right? It's if, not complicated. If, if in the freest country in the, yeah. If you're in the freest country in the world and you, you can't say that, or you feel you can't say that, then then that's a problem. But I think it's largely, I think it's more in people's heads. Wait, so man, so is man can't get pregnant? <laughs> we, we weren't going to tell you today, but so, well, now that you know. It looks like we need to have some actually. offline conversations with Chalk here. <laughs> I'm so excited. So, so Dr. Zuby, yes. I, got, I, got, I got a problem with you. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. First off, you weren't born and raised in Texas. That's problem number one. You got a problem with everybody. <laughs> second, second number problem. Problem number two is you're from the UK. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. And, and so that makes this question a little difficult for me to ask you um, because it's about guns and, you know, people in Britain don't have guns. And so I, I don't I don't know if you, you really know the importance of what the Second Amendment is to, to, to us here in America. Um, I understand the, it more than most Americans do. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well. So we just had the SCOTUS ruling today that kind of um, uh, continued to back Second Amendment rights and so forth. What's your take on America's Second Amendment laws and how it um, – how do you think about it is, is not being from Texas? <laughs> Hold on to it dearly. Okay. Why? Because you don't want to become like everywhere else. <laughs> wow. But we're That's the ones that have designed to, to push back here against. to push okay. back here. We're the ones that have school shootings where, you know, Australia doesn't, you know, um, and, and, and we don't know what everywhere else, what everywhere else is and looks like, like yeah, we, don't, we, we don't, Americans yeah. are so locked into, look, Gabe is just talking about Texas. He ain't even talking about the rest of America. That's just Gen, how just isolated Texas. we are. He's just talking about Texas. That's the rest Man. of America over there. That's it. Just, just Texas is just, bigger than the entire UK. Really? Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's the entire UK is four countries. Wow. Yeah. So first of all, you know, one of the biggest problems that people make and both Americans and non-Americans do this, but trying to make one-to-one comparisons between the USA and lots of other countries, right? You, you mentioned Australia. Australia is 20 million people on an island very, very far away from everything else in the middle of nowhere. Just because something works in Australia 
and we'd have to define the word works by the yeah. way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've been they've been a prison they they've been stuck over there for two years. For the past three yep. years. That's right. That's and right. you know, unless you get a certain thing, you still are not legally allowed to leave the country. Yeah. <laughs> so we we can discuss how well that has worked, you know. The truth about all these ideas is there's always trade-offs, right? There are always trade-offs. And I think this is something in politics that people on all sides of the aisle often want to pretend is not the case. True. Right. So in the short term and in the immediate, is it likely that if you have more guns than people in a country, you may have more um, gun violence? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't take a, you know, there aren't that many lion attacks in the USA or in the UK because there aren't <laughs> a lot lions. of lions, right? Right. You see what I mean? But I, I, I'd also argue that, you know, why to, guns are, guns are a tool. If somebody wants to hurt somebody else, I mean, in the UK, the conversation is about knives. We have the exact same conversation in the UK, but it's, it's about knives. Right. And the focus wow. is always on the tool. The focus is on the yeah. tool, but the real conversation is about society, culture, the human heart, um, mental health to some degree, family structure, people being raised, you know, in all certain types of situations, absent fathers, all of these things that make people uncomfortable to talk about. If you really wanted to address the issue in a long-term way, then that's where the conversation needs to be. I'm very aware that the USA has had, the USA has, you know, had, had guns for, you know, well, well over a century, you know, two centuries plus. Um, this, the school, if you want to talk about school shootings in particular, that only started a couple decades ago. Uh-huh. The guns uh-huh. were always there. Right. So that would suggest to me that the guns are not the core part of the problem. People used to take shotguns and rifles to school quite right. regularly from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 99.9% of gun owners in the USA, their guns have never you know, jumped out of the gun safe and just gone on a shooting rampage by themselves. That one right? time, you know, that one time you had, it was crazy. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Didn't buy that, that brand that's anymore. That's what's happening. That's so. your next kid's book, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the little gun that could. Um, <laughs> yeah, funny. I'll, stay, I'll stay away from that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think with, with this and so many other issues, I think one of the core problems is that a lot of people don't want to discuss things just really honestly, right? People, people have their ideas and their hot takes and their very kind of quick knee jerk responses to things. But I think as a society, not just the USA, I think a lot of Western society, I think think people are afraid of real conversations, right? This conversation that we are having right now, Mm -hmm. why isn't this happening in Congress? Mm -hmm. Why isn't this happening on the mainstream media? And I don't mean we're going to bring on someone for, for seven, two people for seven minutes to scream at each other. I mean, why, why isn't this, you know, before pushing policies and pushing this and pushing, let, let's have a real honest conversation. Let's talk about the breakdown of the family. Let's talk about the fact that most of the people who are committing all sorts of crimes, Hmm, there's no, there's no father in the household or they're raised in a certain environment. Let's talk about Mm -hmm. some of the mental health issues. Let's talk about psychotropic. Let's talk about the psychoactive substances that many of the people who commit these things are on. Let's just talk about the general propensity for human beings to 
commit evil and how that seed as well as the seed of goodness lies lies within all of us let's talk about let's let's talk about all of this stuff like i'm super happy to have these conversations and go deep on it mm-hmm. but you know people are not and it's been so heavily politicized it's become you know this left versus right you know blue versus yep. red democrat versus republican very binary idea where if you're on one side of the aisle this is it and if you're on the other side of the aisle this is it and you must view the other side as you know just bad guys who want people to die and don't care about kids or you know you know you know all the rhetoric right. that's put out there right and it's dishonest and it's immature and ultimately it's not helpful because until people can really sit down and talk about this stuff like adults and really really try to get to the core of it and also recognize that hey this uh you know, the, the, the solution to this may, may not be political. I don't think it's a political solution. I think that people are barking up the wrong tree on this issue. I don't think the core solution can come from the political realm. Yeah, yeah, that's um, good. You know, that's so right. that's a big part of it. And I feel the way about this issue. I feel the same about, about several others. And I think that if, that's why I love these type of podcasts. Cause I, I think this is actually the, the medium. This is the forum where you, you kind of yeah. need this almost on a national level. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna, no, oh, we agree. We agree. I want to, I want to okay. follow up on that in just a second, but I need to, I need to tell you about Boniface woodworking really quick. Boniface woodworking exists for those who enjoy shopping with integrity, who want to buy handmade wooden furniture gifts and heirloom items that will last for generations. Mm. Do you think they can make a um, humidor? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm wanting him. to. I'm Cross asking. I got, humidor? From, I got Garrison working on from it. From dining tables and church pulpits to cigar, Humidors. They can't do it. And everything in between. Quality pieces that you can give your children's children, tie them to their roots, and transcend the basic function of whatever they are. So start voting with your dollars and stop buying cheap crap from people who hate you. Mm. That's (laughs) real. BonifaceWoodworking.com to see our gallery, learn the story, and submit your order for heirloom quality wood items today. Zoe, if if you say that politics... You don't see that as being the answer or the solution. What do you see as the solution if it's not politics? What does the solution look like, particularly as it relates to kind of violence? As we were talking about, that's the context. I think that the solution lies within the social, cultural, familial, and spiritual realm. I don't think it's primarily a political realm problem, and I don't think you can fix spiritual or social realm problems with just political policies mm. right the the problem is the the problem is deeper and as we've touched on it's it's somewhat generational because we 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 know that this this wasn't happening in the past right if there's something that's happening now that wasn't happening in the past and the sort of you know the the, the politics haven't really changed or you know we're talking guns then then you know pe- people had guns back in the in the, in this, in the seventies in the sixties and the fifties and the four, you know, and kids were not, there was not a percentage of children who wanted to go to school and cause this kind of harm to other people. Then that, that almost to me nullifies the notion that the gun is the thing. I mean, let alone let alone this obsession with AR 15s, you know, AR 15s are, I mean, again, if you wanted to even talk about violence, I mean, more people are killed in the USA by, by knives, more people are killed by fists, more people are killed by, baseball bats and other blunt instruments than by rifles. So even if you could somehow reduce that rifle number to zero, you, you've, you've barely, you've barely touched the problem. You know, maybe you've right. cut the homicide rate down by you know, three, 3%, 4%. I don't know. So 
to me, these are these are distractions. In the UK, we, they, there's a similar thing that happens. People start discussing the, the length of the knives. Maybe, oh, maybe, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to buy a knife beyond a certain length or wow. this or that. And I'm like, the question is, why are there young men out there who want to stab each other? Right. Yeah. Right. We all have knives. Every single one of us in the UK, everyone in the UK has a knife. Right. We have lots of them. Yep. But we don't want to hurt each other, right? We all have cars. We, everyone has access to lethal weapons. That's the reality. Right? Yeah. Zuby, so, you know, the problem is you don't understand a shorter knife makes you less likely <laughs> want to stab somebody because you can't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, this is the logic, right? That, like that's, you, you, you say that as a joke, but, that, but that's basically what they're saying. Yeah. It, it's just, we I need to reduce the size of our thumbtacks. Yeah, mm. everything. Yeah. Everything. Mm. Yeah. I, I think if if I were to say one thing that I do think is the biggest problem is I think it really is starts at the family level. Mm. And I think that that's a really uncomfortable conversation for a lot of people and for a lot of reasons. But I think that's really where where we we need to look. It's not the one and only thing, but you can see a pattern, right? Of the number of people who have gone and committed these kind of heinous acts, what percentage did not have a father in the home when they were growing up? Yep. On top of that, what what percentage were on some type of psychoactive medication, mm -hmm. right? What, what? Let's see what are the patterns like. Okay, let's analyze these individuals. First of all, the fact that young men, Yep. Right. It's, it's young. It's young men. Right. Primarily. Right. Yeah. So there's something going on specifically with young men. You know, it's not it's not old women doing it. It's not middle aged men primarily. Uh, it's not women in general, really. So there's something going on there. And we, we you can already pinpoint that. And, you know, you can you can gather actual experts from different realms to to drill into that more and see, OK, what's uh, yeah. what, what's going on there? Zuby, I think you're a bigot, assuming that they're young men. I mean, we don't we don't know. <laughs> well, he has been kicked off of Twitter for saying, you know. okay, "Okay, dude, okay, dude." So, he misgenders. So, Zuby, I, I, um, we're a Christian political show. We're explicitly mm. a, a Christian um, show. Jesus is Lord over everything, um, including Britain. Um, <laughs> And we're happy about that. We'll take uh, the gates of hell will not prevail, you know, so Britain anyways, um, how I, I don't really hear you. I, I actually, I don't know if you're Christian, uh, uh, Muslim or, or I, I followed you. My, my wife actually showed me your video of breaking the women's weightlifting record, um, back in 2018 or 19. Um, uh, and that's how I found out about, you know, I followed you for those years, but actually I don't know much about your religion and faith. I'd love to kind of just get your overall take there and then we'll end up in the uh, club portal here in a minute. Well, he, yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah, answer sure. that initial question. You there. got 30 seconds <laughs> and then yeah, we'll sure. expand um, on it in a second. Uh, yeah. I'm a Christian. I'm from a Christian family. I was raised a Christian, you know, grew up going to church actually every Friday, not every Sunday because in, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. So Friday is the Sabbath there. And that's when we'd go to church, not an actual church building, typically a theater, sometimes mm -hmm. the school gymnasium. Um, and I have never really way strayed from the faith or wavered in it so much. If anything, it's gotten, gotten stronger over the past decade, mm -hmm. especially as the world has become more debased and detached yeah. in various ways. 
that's almost pushed me more into it. All right, so hold it, hold it, right, hold it right there, hold it right okay. there, because you say Christian, but we don't know if yes. you baptize babies. So just wait, we'll find out what kind of Christian before we call you a heretic. <laughs> Next, across politic in the backstage, if you are not a Fight Laugh Feast Club member, you should become one because you're going to find out if we're going to kick him outside of Christendom. Across politic, right after this stuff, you're single, getting married. If you're married, have you some kids, and if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politics. Armored Republic exists to honor Christ the King by providing tools of liberty to free men. New York State just banned body armor. Armored Republic is suing the state of New York in federal court to resist their arrogant war against your God-given rights. Mass shootings are tragic acts of evil that are best resisted by armed citizens and brave watchmen ready to fight back. The main violent threat to human life is not individual criminals, it's tyranny. In the 20th century alone, governments killed 169 million of their own unarmed citizens. Unarmed citizens are the stuff of dreams to tyrants and criminals. The Second Amendment is an acknowledgement of your God-given right to own a rifle and body armor. The 14th Amendment acknowledges the duty of the federal government to stop tyrant states from stealing your God-given rights. Legislators of New York, you are oath breakers. You proudly steal the rights of your people and oppress them without a second thought. Your law is null and void. It's unconstitutional. It is an offense against God, and there is no king but Christ. This is Armored Republic.